Guys, if you remember, of course, if you've been watching regularly, we've, we've been doing emotions. We did jealousy, we did happy, um, and I love these conversations. So I kind of told Talia what we should do is a series on emotions and mm -hmm. anger, I think it's a really bad rap. If you are emotionally mature and you can regulate yourself, you're a healthy person. It is that simple for Correct. me. Yeah. You can express your anger, but you aren't going to be explosive, combative. You're not going to be somebody that people are going to be terrified of because of the way you're presenting. We just do not want to make our feelings go away. Don't suppress, don't repress, just make sure that those get expressed in some way. But there's always, always, in my opinion, there's something that can be done differently to help somebody either regulate differently, express differently, and bring some resolution to kind of what those feelings That's are. Right. This podcast represents the opinions of our hosts and guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is for informational purposes only. This podcast also does not establish a standard of care, doctor-patient, or client relationship. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or website. And because each person is so unique, all listeners are encouraged to connect with counseling and medical professionals for assistance with their personal journey. All people, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast have been changed to protect the privacy of those involved. Welcome to We're Not Fine. I'm Dr. Talia Jackson. And I'm Doug Jensen. We thank you for listening every week to our deep and thought-provoking conversations about relationships. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of We're Not Fine. Oh, we're just diving right in. We're diving the heck right in. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. It yep. has been sort of a miserable week of a cold snap that it'll be like the high of zero, but it feels like negative 24. And you know what's bizarre, and of course, climate change and environmental concerns, we have yes. like 40 degree weather next week. I know. And, and so I feel it's like this weird bipolar weather, which it we're is. gonna diagnose it as bipolar, big <laughs> highs and big lows in the weather. So from a mental health perspective, I think it's called bipolar winter. Can you medicate this Yeah, we're gonna do some Seroquel or some Valium. Or Just a some, mood stabilizer. Yeah, some kind of mood stabilizer. Well, Butrin's not gonna be enough. I do feel like Minnesota is very special in that way, that it can go 50 degrees in a day. Yeah, it's but gonna go. It's warmed up today to 19 degrees. Is it 19 today? Yes, except for that it feels like zero. Oh. So that's, I always go with the feels like because yeah. my dogs can only tolerate 14 and above. And I'm really off my game. I'm going yeah. a little stir crazy. Yeah. I haven't gone on a walk. You know how obsessed yeah, I am with Yeah, we talk during our walks, walks your walks. I know. I do them during the fall and spring and summer with you. You know, but the weird thing is I crave this. I crave that crisp weather in my lungs. So I literally walk outside and I'm like, oh my God, that feels so good. Because it feels um, like a punch in the face, which is apropos to our anger episode today. <laughs> I am not into it. That's kind of a nice segue, it. but I, I don't know. The other thing is that, you know, so my younger who went to college in LA, moved to Chicago to get away from some of the, you know, constantly sort of cold weather, which of course we know now LA is getting tons of rain and has a different climate mm -hmm. as well. But, um, you know, I crave it, I, I would miss it. And so I need a little bit of it. I will be tired of it probably in about 30 days though. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's it. I think there's kind of this bipolar, do you agree bipolar? Are we going I bipolar, totally. cyclothymia? What are we talking? Um, definitely bipolar Manic one. Manic episode, okay. 
<laughs> but what are your what are your secret go tos to not go stir crazy? Hockey. Oh my god. Like going to see hockey or. I know you don't play I don't it. play hockey. I wish I played hockey. And a, a few of my hockey buddies, if you're listening, of course, you encouraged me to play in the men's league. I think that would have been a disaster. So, But I still think about it because I really love the idea. I love hockey so much. But I just was at a hockey game. Uh, one of my dearest friends, a couple of my dearest friends, as you know who you are, um, always kind of consider me when it comes to hockey. And I'm so grateful for them. But we had a suite. And we watched the Wild lose 6-0. That's but they painful. won. They beat the Panthers after that. So... Redemption. <laughs> but hockey is a big, big deal in my household, historically. Yes. So I always kind of love that season. And it's always on TV, so I can always watch it on my big screen as well. So that's my go-to. I do want to start cross-country skiing as well. I, and I live near, love cross-country skiing. And I live near parks, like like you do. So Yes, we should do that sometime. We That'd should, really absolutely. I don't, I've never done it. I'd love I to see you as a ski bunny. I would love to. I absolutely love cross-country skiing because it isn't 70 miles an hour and there are no hills. Well, at least, like, this is the land of 10,000 lakes, so I prefer to go on the lakes so I know but it's flat. But they've been flat. shaky. I know, but after this cold snap. I think there's pond hockey next week, and I think yeah. it's going to be 40 degrees. I don't think that's safe. There's also, like, a kite-flying event on Lake Harriet next weekend. Oh, oh my goodness. But I'm hoping okay. that this cold snap will get all of those... Lakes frozen. Um, my go-to. So if you can't. Did you want me to ask you what your go-to is? I'm What's just going to tell you. During the winter oh my season? god, that's so thoughtful. You're welcome. I th I just thought of it. Well, I do definitely feel like if you can't figure out something to fall in love with during the winter season, you go really stir crazy. People get. SAD, Seasonal Affective Disorder. Yeah, for sure. And I definitely feel it creeping in, especially when I can't get outside to move my body. But I love myself some. This is my new thing that I discovered this winter. Paint by number. <laughs> it's like the greatest thing that's happened to this winter. And you can send like all sorts of these Etsy shops and stuff. You can send in photos of things <laughs> and they send you back this big scroll. Are you humoring me again? No, I bought these for my kids. One for their parrot and one for their dog. Yeah, it's literally the best. There's like 20 million little dots in it. There are. Rob Puzzles. Oof. I paint by number. My little is working on some like sculpture thing and we can't seem to get our eldest away from Fortnite and his girlfriend. I think that's fair. <laughs> I... Also, like I want to do an outside sport. So cross-country mm -hmm. skiing is, I think, my deal. Mm -hmm. um, a buddy and I were going to go skiing, but I don't see that happening this year for lots of different reasons. But um, I, And I'm not a downhill skier. I think cross-country is going to be my thing. I have a fear of heights. And even a bunny hill, I look down and I'm like, mm. okay, I'm dizzy just looking down. It yeah. feels weird to me. I think you are a cross-country I am a cross-country. Plus cardio sounds really good. Um, yes. So I, you know, working out hard, going on vacation, planning somewhere warm, all yes. of that feels important. My buddy is going, another buddy is going to have a birthday celebration in New Orleans. Ooh. So I'm going to go there in April for that I've weekend. I've never been. I've been and I, went, I didn't have a great first experience. So I'm looking forward to redoing it <gasps> mm -hmm. and having a better experience. So Bourbon Street? Um, yeah, it was okay. Like I... My experience with Bourbon Street was I got a, a drink and I walked out on the street and the guy said, you can't have a drink on the street. And I'm like, oh, what? Isn't was, it Bourbon Street? And Do you know where we are? Mardi Gras? It wasn't. Oh. And then there was uh, like, 
I don't know. I, I could go on and on. I, I don't right, want that to be our redo. experience. I need a redo. You do. need a corrective emotional experience. Yeah. You guys, are you ready to dive into rage and anger? Okay, I love this topic. So, guys, if you remember, of course, if you've been watching regularly, we've we've been doing emotions. We did jealousy, we did happy, um, and I love these conversations. So I kind of told Talia what we should do is a series on emotions. And mm -hmm. anger, I think it's a really bad rap. I think anger gets a bad rap, I think. What we're really concerned about is not anger, which can be an adaptive expression. What we really don't like is rage. Rage yes. is when you're feeling out of control, when you're feeling like you want to just beat the crap out of something or somebody. Yes. Right? And so I think there's a difference. And so I kind of wish anger management was called rage management because I want people to feel like they can feel anger in an adaptive sort of way. Yes. And this is so important. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I feel like... Doug, you and I are on such different ends of the spectrum <laughs> with the anger and the rage that I think it's going to be a fascinating conversation because you lean in and I, I disappear into the ether. You were even commenting today. So yes. I came in, I have a really, um, I was very hurt by something that happened uh, this week with uh, one of my besties and I am honestly so hurt and it comes yeah. out as anger and I was storming around saying horrible things um, and you're like it's out funny loud. it's really interesting <laughs> I say horrible things in my head <laughs> I don't I externalize everything physically and everything like before our episode today this morning I lifted weights I did the cardio I did my my, my treadmill um, and and lifting weights does help me with some of my anger as well as going to jujitsu does. So I probably should get, you know, back uh, on Tuesday and make take care of that. And it's not great, um, I, you know, and I have to, I, you know, this is about managing that, right? Like It's I about get, managing. And you're right, I was kind of storming around and you and my buddy who's on our <laughs> AV team, <laughs> you just ignored me because it's like, it's wise to just ignore me. Just let me vent and vent and vent. And then I play music that's like angry music, like Evanescence or, um, I like it. I mean, it seems yeah. to work for you. It works. Because Is it I adaptive? Get it yeah, you yeah, get, I get it, it out. out. However, I do think about it, and I think, all right. So there are times, though, that I I worry that if that person were in front of me right now, yeah, I don't know what would happen because. I don't feel very regulated when I kind of let go that way, but I get through it. Right. But anyway, and I'll be honest, guys. And no one's um, been murdered yet. Um, I yet think it could happen this week. Operable I'm term. kidding, it won't. Do I you remember ever. when you my friends are my friends. were at our house over the summer? Yep. And we were having a gin and tonic <laughs> by the, or two. By or the two. fire pit <laughs> with Rob. And you were, I don't remember what you were pissed about then, but you were pissed about something. And you had us in stitches. And you were, you know, because we live on this sweet little lake. And you were just picturing yourself swimming out into the middle of the lake and terrorizing all of the passers-by. And I had an injury, so I only had one arm. <laughs> That's right, because you had a shoulder injury. Like, right. And so you were picturing yourself, and then you were going to get eaten by a shark, and then you were going to, yes, only have one arm. But I was going to swim after them, I, even though I can't swim, by the way, so I was going to be flailing and drowning the whole time. Yeah, you. we just like couldn't stop painting this picture, and we couldn't stop laughing, and we've thought about it a thousand times since. So here's the crazy-ass thing about this, guys, though. My anger 
you know, I love my people in my life, and so I would never want them to hurt or never want to actually get let that out on them. Um, and so I kind of vent to myself. I vent, by the way, you in know this mirror? about me. I vent, I was in bed one <laughs> night recently, just last week, this same relationship, and I vented until 1 a.m. I just kept uh, cursing and going through all the stuff I was mad at and what I was hurt at. And the funny thing is I woke up full of peace. Like I have wow. to get it out. I have to like externalize my stuff. I have to get it out and I have to do it in a way that doesn't, I guess, interfere with people's lives or my life. And I would never hurt somebody um, that far. I well, because what happens is depression is rage turned inward, right? And so we have to be That's why I'm not depressed. To get it out. <laughs> I know, and I have this weird reaction where it just feels like if I'm angry about something for whatever reason, I feel like I'm the one that needs to process it all and get over it by myself without involving the other person. Do you know, though, that you and, you and my buddy who's here today actually just kept laughing at me because I say really horrible things. Um, you do. That make no sense and that aren't real, but... And some of it's inspiring. Really and some of it does. It's like it all comes back to family of origin stuff, yeah. though, too. The way that oh, we for sit sure. with yep. our own yep. anger, other people's anger. And I just recently read, and I loved it so much, that we can only sit with the level of emotional, I don't know, is it negativity? Is it dysregulation that our parents could tolerate in us? So if we had parents that really couldn't tolerate our upset, frustration, anger, dysregulation, I think a lot of us don't know how to sit in it for longer than two seconds. I agree with that. And, you know, I, I just want to, you know, talk about kind of the sources of anger generally. We have a couple amazing mailbags that we're going to re reviewing today on we anger do. today. But, you know, going back to some kind of like what underlies some of this for us, and you're talking about the expression and kind of how we might take our family of origin experience and what was modeled to us in terms of regulating and expressing and, yes. and whatnot. And regulating those and expressing. Absolutely. So there's for two, sure. you know, those two pieces. But I want to say, and I know this is my thing, like if I get hurt by somebody, if somebody hurts my feelings, like as it was very much like in my inner circle, it's like a deep, painful wound. Um, and that's that's on me. Like I think how I, I manage that is based on my experience growing up and my insecure attachments and my anxious attachments. And so for me, I know where that comes from. And so I realize when I'm really, really angry and everybody in my life uh, who's been through this with me, yourself included, um, like when I yeah. get hurt, I lash out. I, I feel like lashing out. And I don't know how to just like calm myself all the time, depending on the severity of what's going on, how much loss I anticipate there will be. So right. you like my visual? But also um, you said something really important because it isn't just experiencing what's happening in the moment. Sometimes we think it's like foreshadowing to yeah, a yep. catastrophe or oh, worst sure. case scenario. And yep. we want to preemptively... Oh end something or rage at someone because of what we're picturing. <laughs> Do you mean like I'm doing is today? going to happen. Yeah. Okay. And it is the anger covers up the most tender and vulnerable of our emotions. So the people that I think have the hardest time regulating their anger are the people that have a really hard time being vulnerable in that way. 
Which kind of brings me to like one of the things that I think and what I see a lot of my practice is when people have trauma in their past and they have not been able to kind of figure out what that is. Not only do they get stuck developmentally when that particular wound happened or that trauma happened, but I think also people have a hard time uh, who have not kind of understood how trauma affects them having that fight or flight response. That's right. So I think anger can be, there's freeze as well as a third option for, for trauma reactions. But, you know, I think one of the things that happens, and I'm a fighter. Um, I'm not somebody who walks away easily from uh, an engagement that's causing me hurt or strain. Um, I should, by the way, I've learned that maybe I should just walk away. Um, and take a deep breath, but my tendency is to fight and I want to just get it out and I want to, you know, which, by the way, I want to just say all of you who are in my inner circle have in some way or another gone through this with me and it's not great. Like, I own that this is a childish, undeveloped behavior that is based on... It is called trauma and I have some, um, but, you know, I also have the responsibility to own that when I'm in this space. And the right. truth is, while I've been ranting and raving today about my particular circumstance, when I'm actually with this friend, I'm going to be able to talk calmly because, because I did that. Because you've been processing. Because I have been processing and I've let out the irrational comments yeah. about really horrible things um, yes. that I've said. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps me. Like, I get all of that. By, by the way, I just carry a lot in my body, right? And so I have a lot of energy that I carry. And I will tell you, I have gone to jujitsu at times. And if some dude is, like, fighting unfair or, uh, you know, hurt, hurt, trying to hurt me, it feels like I will fight back harder. Um, mm. And it, it kind of helps. But I get triggered even fighting somebody. Like, if you're going to play dirty, watch out. Um, which, you know, not that I can always do that, but I certainly have, and it kind of pisses me off. So I have a little bit, you know, and I think also I want to just say as a gay man, I think I have a really, really high, tr- uh, fast trigger for homophobia or transphobia or HIV phobia or sexism or racism. I think injustice. Injustice in yeah. general mm-hmm. is a trigger for me. And so <laughs> I have been known to walk up to strangers in bars who I hear say something awful about someone and say, what did you say? You know, and I think I get red eyes or something like. Do you get like a bulging like vein? I think I have a bulging vein. I think twitch, a, a, maybe like a facial tick. Oh, I think I get. Some, <laughs> I think my eyes change color. What do they turn to? Red. Do you look like an Alabama? Do you know somebody we both know who uh, we used to work at a clinic with? Used to say when my when I was mad, my eyes would turn red, oh. and that he needed to just walk away. <laughs> Yeah, so I could see that. I I mean, I think I tend more towards the, I, I like to alternate between the freeze and the flight. Yes, you do. <laughs> Those are my two go-tos. Although, you know, my family of origin, I did learn how to like fight to the death with like the nastiest possible Oof. stuff, which I needed to Do you still do unlearn. that sometimes? No, no. ever? Never, but I've also been with. I'd someone. like to push you to the point that you show that on, I think on this particular episode. Impossible, because my freeze and flight yeah. won't. You won't find me. I'll find you. You won't find. I me. have a. I put something in your neck as a tracker. No, and so, I took it out. No, you did not. Should we dive into the mailbag? Is it pulsing? It's right here. That's a mole. Which, by the way, sometimes... (laughs) I put it right behind it. This is how I know that people don't really love me, is because sometimes that mole hair will be like a foot long and nobody It's only six inches today. Can I just add one more piece, though? I want to talk about grief as well, because we know that anger is one of the phases of grief. There are five or six, depending on how you view theory around grief. Um, But I'm kind of the, the... Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, five-stage five person. 
Um, I will say that anger is uh, a part of the process mm -hmm. and it occurs as a response to loss because we kind of get pissed off at the circumstance. We feel unjustly treated. We wish that loss did not happen. And so anger becomes a way that we kind of manage, like just feeling kind of screwed over or that we got dealt a bad hand. Um, so all of that kind of plays a role in it. So there's, a, there, you know, we kind of covered some of the main things related yes. to like how anger kind of manifests. And again, I think the differentiation between rage and anger is so important because one of them is a little more out of control, a little bit more distressing, a little bit more impairing uh, in terms of functioning, whether it's social or work or education. Um, it really affects our relationships, whereas um, anger is totally fine to say, you know what, I'm feeling really angry right now. Like that can be said in that tone of voice that, and that feels calm and that clear. is the goal is calm and clear. And we are going to we have so much more to say. We're going to tackle a lot of these as we, we address our amazing mailbags. Yeah. One last little note, though, about like the trauma, as you mentioned, resolved, unresolved. It's so hard. What is a resolved trauma, right? Yeah. I mean, we it sort of carries itself in our DNA. And I guess the resolved, if you feel like that trauma is resolved, even when you're triggered, you're able to get a little bit of that pause, a little bit of that distance, realize what's coming up for you, and that you need to look at every situation as it is yeah. and not compiled with your trauma and what you're anticipating the outcome is going to be, which is what we do with trauma. We are hypervigilant. We feel like we're certain about how this story is going to end. And then, yeah, we try to get ahead of it and make sure it ends that way so that we have some semblance of control. Yeah, I think, Talia, you bring up this great point about, you know, what trauma looks like if it's resolved. I hate the word resolved when it comes to trauma or even loss because mm -hmm. grief is a lifelong process. When we have a substantial loss in our life, it's very normal to grieve that on and off and be triggered during seasons or smells or um, anniversaries or dates or whatever it is we have kind of an ongoing process and it's really important to acknowledge it's why we go to cemeteries or mausoleums or why we have ashes for people because uh, it's a reminder of that person and we can if it's a person of course or a pet um, I have a garden of deceased pets in garden stones Aww, um, pet cemetery. a little pet cemetery by my by my hot tub and gazebo Aww. yeah um, so but I want to say this about you know resolution of trauma like I I don't think it necessarily goes away like I have a I've mentioned probably on a previous episode I was almost hit by a, a police uh, car with its sirens on my horse spooked uh, on a country road and pulled me into the middle of the road and the car barely, I could feel the tire right next to my face. Um, so it almost hit me in the head, right? And I probably would have been killed. Every time I hear a siren, I push my kids against the wall on the sidewalk and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, right. we don't want to get hit by that. Um, and of course it's not driving on the sidewalk. So every time I hear a siren though, I'm reminded of that trauma. I just don't have the same reaction because I am able to really understand how to process that differently in the moment in a really right. quick way. In a um, less visceral, it's like it, your nervous system is not taking over the reaction. Yeah. And you know, I think that's the part about like, you know, my, my reaction sometimes to like strain with friends. I'm a, I'm, uh, my friends are my chosen family. And so I think the fear of loss or the fear of like, it's not yeah. working or, or feeling rejected or feeling mistreated. Um, I have a really high, high t uh, trigger around those mm -hmm. things. And I think I'm afraid of abandonment. I'm, I think I'm afraid of rejection. And so my trauma from my own history of abandonment as a child, um, with a mother who, you know, again, I, 
I think there were mental health issues, but she would oftentimes talk about running away um, and leaving. So I think I have that trigger. Mm. Um, and I know that's happening. And I can reality test for the most part. And it's this weird differentiation. We're in a different topic maybe here, but, you know, deciding like what what is really healthy for you? Like, should you let this friendship go? Should you work on the friendship? I think those deciding factors are very difficult for me anyway right. to kind right. of sort through, which we, you and I did this morning a little bit. Right. Um, and the mailbags today, I think, are really good. And we're so grateful for those of you that wrote in. And one oh, of yeah, them... Yeah, yeah is about a person feeling triggered by anger, by their partner's anger, and another is the partner struggling with anger issues and wanting to know how to address that. So I feel like, as usual, we're just going to keep throwing in our thoughts and um, some tips and some tricks about regulating, taking that pauses, we are. all the things. Yes. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Are you going to read the first mailbag? Yeah. Go it's for so it. It's so good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let me see. Do what does I it say know... about us that we enjoy talking about anger and rage? Because we love feelings. We, we, love, we love being all human yeah. and all of the messiness that goes with it, which is fair. feelings. Because we're fair. not yep. robots. Correct. Okay. I'm actually not sure of the gender of the writer and who they're with, so it doesn't... Maybe it's irrelevant. We'll yeah, see. it is irrelevant, I believe. Okay. Reaching out to people in healthy, long-term relationships. What does healthy anger, frustration, and irritability look like? Love it. I know. So coming from a very violent home and only abusive romantic relationships so far, I never saw what healthy anger looks like. That, I mean, I feel like that's so relatable. It is. For me, anger from a partner is scary, unpredictable, and something that causes physical and emotional pain. Frustration and irritability are linked for me as well, as something that will inevitably lead up to explosive rage or anger. And if it doesn't, I try to walk on eggshells and make sure that the explosion doesn't happen to soothe the frustration before it gets worse. Angry people make me anxious, extremely willing to submit or cave in to whatever they want or shut down completely and numb out until Oof. I can't remember what even happened. That is trauma. It is. And on the flip side, because I'm so used to suppressing my fear, I become overly sensitive to appeasing others, resentful, Oof. don't know how to confront bad behavior or stand up for myself, and inevitably have meltdowns in private because I'm just completely overwhelmed. I don't blame people for being able to express themselves but I do just internalize everything because I'm scared in a way that makes my body react like I'm about to die. And of course, they LOL'd, but it's not LOL. It's like, I hear you. I, I can relate to some of this with probably can. a fraction of the trauma. I still have this response. This really speaks to me. Yeah. I really want to know what normal, healthy people experience. When you're angry at your partner, do you ever yell or raise your voice? 
Do you ever criticize, rant, and rave, become confrontational? I feel like confrontational is an important word. And combative and blinded by emotion? Or do healthy people know how to restrain themselves so that kind of rage and anger is a part of their lives at all? Or isn't a part of their lives at all? Does the problem just become resolved through talking and some time away to take a breath? What does your healthy partner's anger look like? Isn't this person amazing? She's amazing, but I also feel much pain for her that she has not figured out how to express herself and almost has shame around these feelings where she has to go have explosive episodes on her own privately. Um, And what I would say is your emotions are always valid. Your emotions, no matter what they are, are valid. And so, you know, I would say to this uh, this person who wrote in several things. Um, first of all, it sounds like, you know, you mentioned j- just briefly in one line that you kind of create, recreate these abusive, intense relationships. And if that's what your family of origin was, if there was violence in your household, it's what your brain knows. It's what your neurology knows. It's what those patterns are embedded in your brain to keep finding because they're familiar. We naturally go to something familiar. And what we have to do, and it's a very hard task to change patterns, is when we find ourselves picking the same maladaptive people we, we recreate the same abusive relationships. We have to remember how we feel inside. There is nobody I know who has recreated an abusive relationship who doesn't feel anxious, like you're describing you feel, yeah. by the way. Your body's feeling anxious. You're holding that trauma in. The body does keep the score. Thank you, Bessel van der Kolk. Um, I think there's a part of this that, you know, just really listen to your body and, and understand that if you're not feeling restful, if you're not feeling soothed, if you're not feeling relaxed, if this relationship of yours, whatever relationship, you enter makes you feel uh, uneasy and makes you feel distressed and on edge, it is not a healthy dynamic. It is never going to sustain in a healthy way. But so many of us kind of pick those same relationships based on our family of origin experience or, you know, the patterns that we pick. And I swear people, you know, oftentimes they're just like magnets for the same type of person. Um, And so I think that's a relevant piece here. I think I just want to also say, um, you know, these private meltdowns, what I think really is going to be helpful for you is to be able to use the I feel statement process that we've talked about a million times. You know, I want to I want to talk about like, it, you know, your question, like, is it OK to rant and rave? Is it OK to criticize? Is it OK to be confrontational? I think how you do that counts. I always tell people it's a really good idea. You know, I referenced before being upset right now with a relationship of mine. I need to address it in a fair way. I don't want to just rant right. and rave. That's not effective. Uh, this person will not hear that as well. So what I have to do is figure out, like, this is what I'm experiencing, and this is how it feels, and this is what I need different, um, and, and and this is, you know, I need you to respond to. I need you to, you know, figure this out with me. Um, I don't know that that always works. I mean, this is where we learn if relationships can stay in our life or not stay in our life. But I would say that instead of going off into a private space, which, by the way, is okay to do to process, but you can't leave it there and you can't just hope that, you know, the world returns to normal when you come out of that room. Um, You do have to address it. I think it builds resentment in relationships. I think it builds strain in relationships. I think it adds to depression and anxiety for you. If you hold on to that stuff, we have to let the people in our lives know how their behaviors impact us. 
So you have to, and you know, I'm, I'm very aware here that when we talk about a violent or abusive relationship, it can be really dangerous to confront somebody who's bigger than you or stronger than you or more volatile than you or more out of control. And I think there's something to be said about, you know, when the time is that you can actually, and maybe the therapist's office is a place. I've had people in abusive relationships come, come into my office. Mm. Um, I have threatened to sit between people if uh, they, they feel un, uneasy sitting next to each other. But you got to find a way to recognize what the feeling is. And no matter what is going on, don't doubt yourself. Don't second guess yourself. Your feelings are valid. So letting that person know, I feel really angry at you for this, or I feel really hurt by this, or I feel really confused by this. Can you explain this a little bit more? Um, you just have to be able to communicate. So I, what I'm hearing this person writing does is just suppresses and suppresses and represses. And all of that is going to result in that kind of explosion of mm -hmm. emotions that I don't wish for people because that distress is really hard to manage. And this has been going on clearly for this person writing in mm -hmm. for years, right? So I feel bad that you do not have adaptive ways of expressing that anger, but that is a possibility is what I'm saying. What are you thinking? Oh my gosh, I, I really love what you said. And um, it's, I think that the first thing that came up for me is it was never safe for this person to express any emotion. And I right. think that it's definitely, that's coming into the new relationships. And so the first thing that I might suggest for somebody in a similar situation is before we tell you, it's all about communication and knowing yourself and learning how to speak up for yourself. First, it is important for you to make sure that if you do express yourself, this isn't a dangerous situation. Agreed, and that's and hard to determine sometimes. It is hard to determine sometimes, but if it doesn't feel like a safe enough situation for you to be able to express your feelings, it's probably a pretty toxic and abusive relationship and not a good fit, I can blanket statement say. I think it's important for us to own our own like co-creations of this because yeah. if we were the victim of some relationships in our family of origin where somebody was really dysregulated, confrontational, maybe emotionally immature, explosive, uh, all of the things that yep. created the fear in the people that are the flight and freeze and not the fight. It's important for us to notice, and I'm going to speak for myself too, at least in my experience, when we freeze our partners, even though this is a completely, it's sort of this innocent nervous system response to somebody feeling upset. In my experience, like, you know, my husband, he I doesn't do. scream. He doesn't yell. He doesn't like get dysregulated in a way that's actually scary. But I when agree. he's upset, <laughs> all of these things still happen for me, still family of origin yeah, stuff. Yeah. But what I've learned in my 5,000 years of relationship with him is that when I freeze, he gets more upset yeah. because yep. he feels dismissed ignored, minimized. He feels like I've left the building. Disregarded, you bet. Even though yep. I'm sitting right there and I'm trying desperately to regulate my own nervous system while he's trying to have an adult conversation with me. So when I'm in a dysregulated place and I'm frozen, I see him 
as this evil villain expressing to me how he's feeling about what I could be doing better and worse, whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing. One thing that I've done that ha we've we've come up with a couple of solutions that really work for us. But one became a joke years and years and years ago, where I would always tell him that the only thing that bugs me about you is when you're annoyed with me because I was never annoyed with him. So I asked him every time he was annoyed with me or mad at me or frustrated with me to write it down on a list. I oh, know you know go. this. Uh -huh. Write it down on a list because if he tried to approach me and it wasn't the exact right way at the exact right time in the exact right scenario, and if I was in a good mood, it would ruin my good mood. If I was in a bad mood, I wasn't in a, the right headspace. There was no good time to approach me with a problem. And I promised him that if he wrote it down on his little anger pad, that I would look at it while I was regulated, while he wasn't standing there, and that I would address it. Yeah. And over time, it became sort of a joke between us. And I would do something annoying and he's like, I'm just gonna go over to my pad here and he'd start scribbling. <laughs> Not his little pad anymore, it became a big it was, pad. It was more like a scroll. It was more like a scroll. <laughs> but another thing, because our dysregulation looks different, yep. what I will do when I'm finding myself freezing or wanting to escape, I will tell him, heard, I, I hear you, I've heard yep, you. That's right. And then I will ask him to just give me a second to process and regulate because I'm not able to have an adult mature conversation in whatever headspace that is. It's all about taking that pause, yeah. knowing this is an explanation, but it's not an excuse. I don't get to be hurtful when Agreed. I'm hurt. Right. Right. And that is an ideal. Um, and I realize that sometimes and one of the things I see a lot of times and this this writer uh, who wrote into us actually really speaks to it. You know, she talks about how, you know, her tendency is to just kind of submit or cave or, you know, do whatever they want to do to avoid the conflict. And that leads to resentment. She also talked about numbing out, which feels, felt a little dissociative to me. Like, you know, when you have trauma in your past or you have violence in your past, you just kind of sometimes, you know, you your, your brain, you escape through uh, lots of different ways, but that's you can right. really numb yourself out and just not feel and shut down. And that's not healthy either. All of the goals for this person is to understand what those experiences are, to process them, being very, very clear that these experiences in your family of origin were not about you. Even if That's your right. family blamed you, even if you said, even if they said you're responsible for us getting so upset because if you didn't do that, we wouldn't. That's bullshit. You know, you are not responsible for anybody else's experience. You are not responsible for the choices they make. Um, and one of the best things that I've learned to do is say, you know, that person's choices are not about me. Yeah, I love that you know? so And it's a really much. huge mantra. It is it honestly is. one of my biggest mantras when I'm struggling with either things that are bugging me or things that have taken a place around me or, you know, again, uh, what's going on with a friend right now. I realize that those choices are not about me. If that person has something they need to say to me or, or the or the circumstances without my control. I'm a big serenity prayer person too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, understanding what is versus isn't within your control and kind of deciding what to do with it and having some courage and space and strength to be able to address those things. So what I don't like about this reader is that she doesn't yet have those skills to be able to address when she's been hurt, when she's been around volatility. And by the way, it is okay to let somebody know. So I feel like the tone of your voice, I feel like the energy you're uh, putting out there is just a little bit too much for me and I have to move beyond it. 
Um, I think that's the part that's really striking about this. Like she gets to say, I need to feel safe. These things are a trigger, which I have told people who have violent pasts who are dating people, like let them know at some point early on in the dating process, I'm kind of date one, um, like just, just let somebody know. So I have a history of yeah. this, and you know. So sometimes if I if I'm with somebody and they're upset at something, which inevitably will happen, right. um, I tend to shut spots. down, or I tender, or I react, or I start shutting down. Let that person know so they could say, "I'm not leaving. I'm here to talk it through, but I do need to let you know what I'm feeling." So That's right. there's lots of ways of doing that communicatively. I mean, I think that, we'll, and we also we don't know that. It's interesting because I think both of us assumed she's a she. Because mm. she seems to be the that less aggressive. That is true. Goodness sakes, right? I did assume that. Which which we have no idea because I know many, many men yeah. who will also shut down. For sure. Which can look like ignoring, stonewalling, and just disappearing. I hate that we did that. Right. But it's it's good to acknowledge that it is. It's sort of like we're socialized we to are. believe that women are more passive, men are more aggressive. Well, and women who are aggressive or... Or whatnot are that's viewed right. as the B word, right? right? And so I think that's really unfortunate and not fair. And I'm I'm really ashamed that I assumed this was a woman, um, because I do. I think that's a gender stereotype, and we are so socialized. Right. And men are socialized to be okay being able to like punch things and throw things. That's and right. And it's probably very shameful to not be able to stand up for yourself. Yeah. You know. I think I want to address the question that the reader is asking. That's so powerful, though, is what does healthy anger look like? Yeah. What does your partner who's healthy look like? How do they express anger? And what I would say the bottom line is, is if you are emotionally mature and you can regulate yourself, you're a healthy person. It is that simple for me. You can express your anger, but you aren't going to be explosive, combative. You're not going to be somebody that people are going to be terrified of because of the way you're presenting. You will know I'm dysregulated. I need to go take a moment. And just like Doug did this morning, I'm going to go work out. I'm going to go listen to angry music. I'm going to do some push-ups. I'm going to get a fresh breath of miserably cold air to punch (laughs) me in my lungs. I did all of it. And that's how you regulate. And if you are somebody who freezes and, you know, like someone more like me, what I do to regulate is I will think about the the solution and that like I miss I want to reconnect I miss the person that I'm fighting with yeah I am craving that reconnection I have to be able to be mature enough to sit in a room with someone who's upset with me to make them feel heard yep and so I'm also it's like I need that walk I need to snuggle my pugs I need fresh air I need a change of scene you know, it's really, well, I don't process with other people. I know, and I process out loud. I, I am never always do. out loud, like, <laughs> which is not great because it doesn't always initially kind of address what's really going on because it sometimes takes me a while. That's that venting part. You know, it's interesting. So you and I recently had a situation where we were, you know, needing to communicate with somebody else about it and I'm like oh yeah you got, we got to see each other in action we did and so it was interesting because like she was responding and I'm like you're a kiss ass and she's, <laughs> oh. she's like you owned it like you were like 
Yeah, yeah I, I'm like, right? I will not burn a bridge. I am not a diva. I am very well aware that the earth does not revolve around <gasps> me and that I don't get to just be like, oh, fuck you. That was Talia's expression of me saying that the world revolves around me and that I'm a diva. And then I'm like, yeah, you need me. So fuck off. I, do, um, I, I did like, have that response. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not I'm not pushing smoke up their ass. Um, I don't know. I just don't do that. I think, you know, but you and I are different that way. And it's very interesting. And then I think you did it again in that same chain of like, thank you. I totally understand. I'm like, I don't. I'm not letting you off the hook. I think you're unprofessional. So anyway, uh, we had a, it, this was a guest situation. Um, so I, I just want to say that, you know, in terms of this, I, I also want to say that, you know, maybe Talia and I are not the best even models. <laughs> no, but we are because we're yin, yang here. We are, but I think you're on one end of the pendulum. You're a little avoidant and I'm a little aggressive. Yes. And I'd like to be more assertive and I'm getting better. Like I literally. We both would I, like to be more assertive. But I get out that venting and I lift weights and I do bench presses and I yeah. do sit up and push-ups and whatever else to get that energy out because I don't want to be irrational. It doesn't help. Like, there's no point in just, like, going after somebody in this gorilla way that I tend to do uh, historically. It doesn't work. So the reality is I got to take a step back. And I sometimes want you to, uh, but Yeah, I want to take a step forward. Yeah, you want to take a step forward. We'll meet in the middle. We'll meet in the midst. Um, We're going to keep modeling this for you in the courses of our podcasts. I think that self-awareness is half the battle. And if you know what you're working on and find these opportunities that are maybe once triggering to try out something new and a little bit risky, that's how we continue to grow. Well, and it's how you grow. And I just want to also say that, you know, working with a therapist to communicate yourself effectively is really a a great way to, like, I have a lot of times I'm working with couples and I, I give them a script because it's very easy as an objective middle person to give that information. I think, Talia, the other thing mm-hmm. I wanted to say, though, about, you know, this situation is that if you're across from someone who's volatile and doesn't have that same motivation to, like, know themselves and express themselves adaptively, you get to say, so I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath um, because I always tell people, too, if you're not able to get to a four out of ten or less, not yes. a good time to talk. Oh my like, God, evaluate. I do the same thing. Do you do four or do you do less well, than that? Well, this is what I do. Yep. I do like this scale and yeah. it's numbers and colors. So it's one to 10. Yeah, mine is one to 10. So like, let's, oh my God, let's compare. We've never talked about this. So <laughs> I will say like between one and three is green light. Like my nervous system is so regulated. I feel good about showing up in an yep. emotionally mature way yep. and listening to you. Yeah. Four to seven, yellow light. I'm potentially triggered. I can sit with this and be calm, but I am looking at the exits. I'm gathering my weapons. I'm prepared for the trigger that's going to send me over the edge. And I would say even in the four to seven yellow light phase, that's not a great place to have a conversation. Whatever you can do to try to get as close to green as possible. And then the seven to ten is I see red. I'm completely dysregulated where that fight, flight, or freeze gets enacted. And the people that are all about fight will have an incredibly hard time letting people go to regulate. They don't want to regulate themselves. They don't want to let anyone else regulate because they're so anxious that it isn't resolved. That's so what I, I think. I think that's I think that's great. And I think, you know, that's why I say four or less, because I think there's yeah. a big difference between a seven and a four, mm-hmm. right? And so I would say just four or less, go ahead, 
know that a four is a little bit more tense, but you know, if you're at a one or two or three, great, one or two in particular. But I say four or less because, you know, I think that's an okay time to express. At least it is for most people from my experience. So, you know, I like that idea. And that, you know, the goal would be then to get into the green zone. And whether that's taking a walk, whether that's saying I'll be back in 30 minutes, whether that's lifting weights, whether that's, you know, punching a bag, whether that's um, anything, anything. Singing to Nine Inch Nails, Alice in Chains. What I have. angry music. Yeah. Yeah. That does really help. It does me. What I've noticed can sometimes be the most powerful tool for couples is even just to have that language around it, even to have that conversation a single time. Let's think about it this way. The one through four, the green, yellow, red. When we're feeling like this, let's this. When I'm feeling like that, it looks like I'm ignoring you, but actually I'm regulating my nervous system. When I scream, what I'm feeling is this, but this is how I need to regulate. Let's agree to let each other go regulate and then come back. I love it. And you have to come back. I mean, I think this person is talking about she kind of goes away and hopes it goes away. That's not going to take... Do you want to dive into the angry mailbag? Because I do. this is a completely different perspective. I love that idea. Um, yeah. I was going to talk about, you know, I have like an angry music list. <gasps> um, a playlist? Yeah. That really helps me. Um, and I was listening to Ava Max's Weapons uh, this morning. Yeah, you listen um, to it like, I don't know, eight I listened to it eight times. times and then I finally went into the waiting room to just get away and just listen to it. Because it ta- talks about like, stop using your words as weapons. Um, and it really just hit me. Plus, it's really, really great dance beat music. And so I'm like, it is. I can dance too and get some of that energy out. Energy is really an important thing. Yes, I'm going to go to mailbag number two. Mailbag number two is written by somebody who says, my anger is ruining my relationship. Good for you. First of all, you get a thousand points for knowing that. A thousand, huh? You can own that. Okay, all right. A thousand. I don't want him to take, he he or she take take too much, but I do know this is a dude. I'm in a relationship now. Well, maybe not. We don't I'm in a relationship now for about two months with a girl whom I really care about and love. We have been friends for over five years, but we have decided to take our friendship to the next level. But since then, maybe once every two weeks, I have been having anger issues which are affecting my relationship. Hmm. If, for example, my significant other does something which upsets me, instantly I go into Hulk mode. <laughs> I'm laughing. I can relate to that. I know. I think you read the right totally mailbag. I totally relate to the first one and you relate to the Hulk. Am I turning green? No. At that moment, I am not really aware of what I'm saying. I don't know how to explain this. It's very difficult. It's like I'm watching myself in third-person view, getting angry with her. It's like I have no control over the situation. The thing that upsets me most is that I sometimes call her things, which I really honestly don't mean. Ooh, that was such good insight when you're calm and you're clear. Really nice work. Instantly, and you have to reread this over and over. Like, this is a, I gotta be honest, you should read your own letter to us over and over to know that this is what your pattern is. Mm. Anyway, instantly after I calm down, I realize what a big mistake I've done and am instantly sorry. But of course, I can't time travel to the past and fix it. What I've done, I've done. She understandably gets very upset and hurt. I've never ever questioned the fact that she doesn't allow me to shout at her. I know I'm at fault and she's not doing anything wrong. I don't think that's entirely true because your feelings are valid. It's just what you do with it counts. That's right. The I'm aware feelings that you, are valid, yeah. but the expression is maladaptive. The method is maladaptive so far. I'm aware that I usually I anger myself because she has disappointed me or hurt me in some way. But I know I'm not supposed to have this reaction. I'm not sure about mm. that. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself after the anger episode. But during that time, it's like I'm unable to control myself. I know it sounds crazy, but I guess my thinking at the time of the episode is that I need to hurt her in the way that she hurt me. Mm. 
Can you relate to that? Uh, don't ask that question. Not only is this not the way to do things in a relationship, but most of the time I go overboard and hurt her verbally way more. So how can I love a person so much while still being able to treat her this way? Am mm. I going crazy? Is there something I can do? Really, right now, anything would help. Wow. I love this mailbag. I, did you write it? I'm I did. Sure I wrote, wrote it, it and I would like you to help me. I'm kidding. I'm not in a relationship, so it does not count. You're in many. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am in many. You are. I mean, you are. I feel like I have a lot of relationships, right? And you are right? very relationship oriented. I am. I am. And you care a lot. Oh, I do. I mean, one way to reframe this is that he cares a lot. He's got some blind spots and some triggers that, yes, you're right, my friend. These are explanations, but not excuses. You are not allowed to do damage. And the damage that these Hulk episodes do is more than you can even imagine. As somebody who has been on the other side, if it feels out of control, it feels very dangerous and your partner might not be able to feel safe with you ever again unless like emotionally physically whatever that is unless you start to own it out loud and notice and show a concerted effort towards learning how to regulate your nervous system so that there aren't these hair triggers where if a crime let's say is a one or a two out of 10, you're not reacting at a 10 out of 10. Yeah. That is on you. But Doug is right that like we all co-create here. This is all a co-created situation. What you're feeling is valid, but we want to help you be more adaptive about your anger and start learning some words around what you're feeling and own when you're triggered so that you don't, you don't, address her at all when you're triggered other than to say I love you and because I love you I need to take a walk I need to punch a pillow and scream I need to take care of this so I don't damage you and what yeah. we have together yeah a lot of damage can hurt a relationship obviously and kind of build up over the course of time but you know, I have this basic question going on in my head, like what is going on? Like, what are you angry at? Can you articulate what it is you don't like is happening because you assume so much responsibility. I don't know that it's I give it- It's the hurt and disappointment. That's well, the trigger. But I don't know what it is that's doing, what she's doing to create that hurt and disappointment. Like, I wanna I know. know. Well, like, I, I wanna know what that is. I wanna guess that it's Nothing that it might elicits be not that response. It's just right? like, because even if it's in his family of origin or whatever his experience has been in yeah. his life, yep. which I guess we also don't know that we he's don't know a that. Guy. He's been modeled, though. I, I swear, you know, this is where family of origin modeling yes. comes in. There's no question that you do not have those skills. You did not get taught those skills on how to manage these things. But I don't That's know right. what's hurting and disappointing him. Like, is it a valid thing? Like, if he said the way she chews her food or the way she eats a meal or the way she... But um, some people who have triggers around, like, disappointment and hurt might feel disappointed and hurt by somebody forgetting to pick something up at the grocery store or not checking in with them about something that they should have checked, that the person thinks they should have. It's like the should have knowns. I mean, it's impossible. I also want to know if it's 
valid, maybe according to a hundred neutral judges or not. But I would say, I still would say, I don't know that it matters. I mean, I would love for him to be able to say, let's say it's really something irrational, like I'm so angry with how you say goodbye or how you kiss me in the morning or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Like she can't know until you tell her, That's right. right? And so it's not fair to keep that secret. So I feel like he's already deciding what he has going on is irrational. And what I would say to him is, Talk about it. Communication is kind of the key to everything, right? We, we, we consistently go back to that word. The thing that I'm struck by in this is if you can let her know, so I am starting to feel angry and I don't know why. Yep, and I want right. to talk about it. Like if you can recognize what's going on in your body, which it's, you know, for me, it's like right here. Like I can feel it happening and yes. I can, you know, my eyes turn evidently red. So but that's I, why those I feel statements are so crucial. They like are. I'm feeling I'm triggered. feeling this. I don't I'm even know why. Down. Like I almost uh -huh. feel like he doesn't know why. Like he's not yeah. articulating when she does this, it makes me angry. He's, you know, and it might be hurt and disappointment as a general theme, but I don't know what it is that she's really doing. And so, you know, as, yeah. as a therapist, I would want to ask my client who's, if you know, if this was the, this person, yeah. I would say, tell me what it is that she's doing. Tell that's me right. what it is that's triggering you. And then we need to figure out, because I'm a psychodynamic thinker, I want to know what the origins of, uh, of that are for you. Like, you know, if it's, uh, I don't know, if it's um, going to bed at a certain time, like, did your parents split up because one of them went to bed earlier than the other? I, I don't know. Like, I think there's a lot of origin stuff here to take a look at history and assessing, right. like, why is this bothering you? Let's figure out. But I'm just going to tell you again, please do not try to make it go away. Please do not try to say, I'm just being irrational. I don't want to think about it anymore. I'll own that this is a struggle for you. And it's going to be so strengthening to your relationship yes. to be able to really know each other that way. So that's the good news about this yeah know I mean, your stuff beautiful yeah. and yeah just like these two just like doug and i just like these two writers opposite ends of the spectrum yeah. but beginning to really be self-aware and wanting to learn a different way to be in the world that's more emotionally mature more regulated they probably need to unlearn a lot of coping strategies around hurt disappointment anger and learn how to be more assertive, like yep. Doug and I are learning, yep. meeting in the middle. And um, that would be really beneficial to every relationship, parent, child, lovers, friends. In all of this, guys, you know, we, guys and gals, we just do not want to make our feelings go away. Don't suppress, don't repress, just make sure that those get expressed in some way. And and feelings are just never, ever, ever wrong. That's right. It is okay to say, I'm feeling this way. I don't know why. Help me understand it. And you know, this is where Tali and I in our professional life and other therapists who do this work um, are really just honed in on like, let's, let's figure out the origins of why you're feeling that way and decide what to do with it. And sometimes right. there's nothing to do outside of express it and work it through. Um, but there's always, always, in my opinion, there's something that can be done differently to help somebody either regulate differently, express differently, and bring some resolution to kind of what those feelings That's are. That's right. I mean, I feel like you couldn't have summarized that more beautifully. It's Why, thank like, you. We've got to pause yep. before we react. Yep. That is the only tool we have to be able to notice what's happening, have a bird's eye view. And after the pause and self-awareness, we need to figure out 20 different ways to regulate our nervous systems. And then that's when we can come back to it with compassion, love, forgiveness. Don't sit around ruminating about how the other person's such an asshole and how you're a victim. Figure out how to reconnect, how to remember what you love about them. Find that compassion and forgiveness yeah. and 
resolution in you know, communication. What I want to comment on too, you know, we haven't in either of these mailbags this did not come up. Hmm. But I think oftentimes this is where violence in a relationship goes because yeah. people who are not feeling like they can express themselves, they don't feel like they're going to be heard, they oftentimes resort to verbal or physical abuse. Um, and that, of course, is not acceptable under any circumstances. And so we want to make sure to understand that that's oftentimes a manifestation. And the only that's other right. thing that I want to talk about in terms of mal maladaptive sort of manifestations of un you know unmanaged rage, I'm going to call it, is substance abuse. I think people mm. who are really struggling with emotions oftentimes use substances of any kind to, to regulate, uh, to make those feelings go away. You know, liquor is obviously something that is a depressant, and so it, it kind of takes that edge off for people. And admittedly, you know, I, I, had, I had some orange, my favorite orange tequila last night um, as I was processing and getting ready for today, but also, you know, processing what's going on for me right now. Um, so, I mean, we, we don't want to do those maladaptive things. We want to hit these feelings head on. And I will also mm -hmm. tell you guys that if you're in a relationship that does not honor your feelings, that does not allow you those feelings, it is not a healthy relationship. I, I think relationships can be worked on, but you don't have to accept not being regarded for what That's you're right. feeling and thinking. I love and that. And wanting and needing. I also, when you said that, it reminded me that I think it's an important note yeah. that it's not just the people that are much more able to express the anger and yep. maybe the rage yep. that people who are in fight and flight yep. it also at least to me it feels like that's also coping with rage like that's yeah, the dysregulation yep. and sometimes it feels like we're holding our breath and hoping that it just goes away or hoping that the other person gets regulated so we can regulate but that is the more passive people here also need to figure out yeah. how to handle that rage adaptively. It might not look like rage to others, but feels like it. Agreed. I love this topic. I, I could know. go on and on about it. And, you know, as always, uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have your own experience with this. And again, I just want to also say rage and anger. Uh, anger feels adaptive. It feels like it's okay to talk about it. But. And we must be able to talk about it. And Correct. we must be able to yep. express it, yep. which is why we have to know kind of what's us, what's them, what's our part to play, how to regulate. And I just choose to believe that it's always the other person's fault. Me too! Don't listen to that last part. <laughs> that is a joke. We're being funny. If you guys enjoyed today's episode, which of course we know, we know you did. I we hope know you, you did. did. Please, if you're wherever you are consuming us, like and subscribe, consuming. share with a friend, Aww. comment. Yep. We love your comments. We love your ratings. It just helps send us into the great beyond of yeah you know this is on all of the podcast uh platforms plat <laughs> i'm angry that angry you took that, that word. you took oh i'm just trying to <laughs> <laughs> um, the platforms but we're also on youtube and you know what we've been so delighted about our youtube viewership is going up dramatically people are enjoying watching us they're also making comments it means the great yes yeah, we're just so amazed by it um i think i got one shameful comment about me that was deleted i 
bring it because everybody has their feelings and they're valid. Oh my God, I'm just going to reiterate that. I'm not telling you what that is. I'll tell you later. Um, our beautiful editor How told us I about it. miss it? So um, this is what I want to say, though, guys. I think, um, you know, again, go to wearenotfine.com. You can write us in any way, shape, or form. Anonymously, you can put your name on there. You can put your first name. You can put your last name. But we are taking questions from any and all of you. We have every welcoming format to be able to, to talk about whatever's going on in your life with yes. you. And we would love for you to, to write us and make contact with us by going to our website, wearenotfine.com. And we also have some merch on there. Um, it's really cute and it's really soft and it's all <laughs> sorts of WNF and people are going to be like, what's that? And then you could tell them all about us. I have a big poster in my waiting room with WNF and I've had some of my patients are like, what does that mean? I'm like, and our people are like, don't you mean, mean WTF? Ooh, what does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, That's my therapeutic intervention. Find us on our social medias. I am Dr. Talia Jackson. We have a Mr. It's don't forget the Mr. At Douglas L. Jensen with an E-N. And we're not fine pod. And we love you. And I'm putting it on you today. Are you? We're not fine, but. At least we didn't accept a dare on the playground and our tongue is not stuck to a (sighs) pole. How did you come up with that? Do you know that I've done that? (laughs) I was in sixth grade and I was stuck to a pole and it was literally a classroom auditorium situation where the principal said, whatever you do, don't stick your tongue on a pole because it's going to stick there and guess who did it. So what did she do? Someone had to go inside, which felt like 78 minutes until they came out with some warm water and they poured it over my tongue. And then I had to rip it off and it was really sad and I learned my lesson. And now you have no tongue. That is right. This is a, um, a... prosthetic tongue an aesthetic <laughs> I was gonna say that I did not know she did that folks but I'm gonna tell you that That's I'm just hilarious. psychic that was pretty good wasn't it that was so good alright we will talk to you guys next week take care everybody see you soon bye